baptism. All right, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke this morning. It'll be on the screen, but if you have your own copy of God's Word or maybe you have it on a phone, um, all those are good options. We've been going through a, a series in the book of Philippians in the New Testament. It's one of Paul's letters, and so um, it's just it's a great book. He's writing it from prison, and it's just a very mature book as he reveals uh, just God's goodness and faithfulness and just growing in Christ. He even talks about the incarnation of Christ where the Son of God became flesh and dwelt among amongst us. So that is part of Philippians there. It's a great passage in Philippians 2. So we covered that part leading up to today. And we're going to catch the last two messages of Philippians here in the following week. So if you come back, uh, you're going to get there for the finale of those of the book of Philippians. So today we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. So Anna read the passage from John talking about they go to the tomb. Um, and you have to think about these disciples. Jesus had kind of clued them in saying, hey, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. And, and, it, and it's kind of like it just went right over the top. You ever been talking to somebody and you know it's just not connecting? And that's what happened to them. It just it totally went over their heads. They weren't connecting with what Jesus was saying. And and so we have this account in Luke. It's the resurrection part is in the first few verses. And I'm going to get there myself here. In the first um, 12 verses, it talks about them going to the tomb and and uh, they see uh, the angels there and the and the stone rolled away and things like that. And they're kind of left in bewilderment as to what happened. That's the way verse 12 ends. And then you have this account of two disciples that are walking down the road from Jerusalem to a small town called Emmaus. And Jesus meets them all on the way. And that's where I want to talk about uh, today in the few minutes that we have. I want you to think of the, the last time that you felt fully alive. Okay, you don't have to respond. I just want you to think. You felt fully alive. What do I mean by fully alive? Well, more than you just had a pulse, okay, and that you were breathing, but you felt alive. There was energy, there was passion, there was excitement. You know what I'm talking about? Now, um, yeah, you're hopeful, you're overflowing with, with life. When was the last time you felt fully alive? And as you ponder that, I want us to look at the passage in Luke. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray that it would come alive to us this morning. Just as we study it and apply it to our lives, we give you the thanks and the praise. We ask it in your name. Amen. Let's begin in verse 13, and we're going to go down through 24 in this first part here. It says, now that same day, so this is the Resurrection Sunday. Resur- the tomb was, um, stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. Jesus is resurrected on Sunday. That's why the Christian church chooses to meet on Sundays is because it celebrates the resurrection. All right. And so it's on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. So what had happened? Well, the man that they'd been following the last three years, um, who they thought was the Messiah, who was going to deliver them from Roman oppression and deliver them and bring them peace and hope. He was crucified on Friday. And so they were talking about all that had happened, all right? We thought he was going to be the one. And as they talk and discuss the things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside with them. Isn't this kind of cool? 
But they were kept from recognizing him. So God didn't allow them to recognize who Jesus was. And he asked them, what are you guys discussing together as you walk down the road? And they stood still with their faces where? Down. They're downcast. They're discouraged. Their hope is lost. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the one, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that are happening around in here these days? Right? Aren't haven't you read the newspaper? Haven't you been on Facebook? Haven't you seen what's happening? Right? And Jesus says, What things? There's some humor in the Bible, I think. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our, and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Verse 21 is key verse. And we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. You can underline that if you want. And what is more It's the third day, and since all this took place, in addition, some women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and they told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. So you you can kind of gather what they are talking about, right? And for the disciples, the world had been turned upside down. They were living under that Roman dominance, and they'd hoped that Jesus was the one that would deliver them from that, that he would be the Messiah, that the Old Testament that had written about, that he would be the fulfillment of that. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that, but they didn't realize that some of that was still a little bit further out there yet. They are doing a piñata back there. So (laughs) if you're wondering what's happening, that's what they're doing. There's going to be a big scream here on one moment. All right. And on Palm Sunday, it seemed like all of their hopes were coming together because they went into Jerusalem and Jesus came on this donkey that had never been ridden and the the people had the palm branches. They're excited and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And everybody's going, the disciples especially, they sense this is the moment that Jesus is going to be crowned Messiah. And they go into that Passover week, and he has Passover with his disciples Thursday night. They go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays. He says, God, if I I don't have to go through the cross. I don't want to go through the cross. But whatever your will is, I'm in. And it is that night he's betrayed, and he's tried through the night before the Sanhedrin. He's crucified on Friday. We call it Good Friday because it is the day he died on the cross for our sins. Now, three days later, there's rumors that Jesus was alive and they don't know where he's at. The tomb is empty. Some are saying they had seen the risen Christ. And, but the bottom line is they just didn't know what to believe. You ever gone through life a little bit like that? You're just not sure what the truth is or what's happening in life? They were downcast. They had lost their hope and they lost their joy. They were confused. They were bewildered. What they didn't know that day is that Jesus was walking with them down that road. Yeah. He was walking with them down the road, wasn't he? That was a good point, wasn't it? Yes. The first principle, if you're taking notes, 
is that Jesus is walking with you in the chaos. Sometimes we don't realize it, though, do we? The disciples didn't. And sometimes we, we get going through life and we think, God, where are you? You know, this has been one of the most interesting and difficult few years that I can remember in my lifetime, okay? Some of you can maybe um, remember some other difficult times, but it, it wasn't a crisis just, that's just been a short moment. We kind of entered into COVID two years ago, okay? Two years ago, we did Easter online, all right? And we thought this is going to pass, and um, it didn't and didn't. And now they're even still talking that it's out there, and I think everybody's kind of like ready to move on with life, right? But we've had COVID, we've had racial tensions, we've had supply chain issues, we've had the Ukraine war, we've had inflation. Do I need to keep going? It stretched us, right? It's depleted us. It's maybe even left us numb, cautious, isolated, maybe even fearful. And I, I believe that more than ever, people are living with fear, whether it's health concerns, financial concerns, world peace. Um, and like the disciples on the road that day, maybe our hopes have even been crushed or diminished just because of life and what's happened. The point we don't want to miss is that God has not left us. He is walking with us, whether we sense his presence or not. Amen? Um, the last verse in Matthew chapter 28, so it's the last verse of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus gives the Great Commission. He says, Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and surely I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. I'll be with you always. The good times and the difficult times the next health crisis, the next financial crisis. You may, maybe you're even facing death right now. You know what? God walks with you through that too. And He's conquered death. Amen? Amen? There's no fear there. The next war crisis. God is walking with us down the road of life. And Chris has a picture there um, of the sand. And... Uh, you know, how many have heard the Footprints in the Sand poem story, right? The guy says, you know, there's, I see the two footprints where you're walking with me, two sets of footprints walking through life. And then there's this one stretch. You know, God, why did you leave me in this most difficult time? There's only one set, right? And you left me at my most difficult time. And Jesus says what? He says, that's when I picked you up and I carried you, right? And often in life, we sometimes we get into those difficult times and we don't sense God's presence, so we assume God isn't there. We don't recognize Him, just like those disciples, and realize, maybe later we'll realize that God is walking with us through that time. God will never leave you or forsake you. And some of you have believed that. And God wants you to know that He is walking with you right now. His presence is here today right now, right here. Amen? Verses 25 through 27. Then Jesus said to them, How foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Isn't he so kind? How foolish you are. There's an exclamation mark there too. So just, I, I didn't read that correctly, did I? I should have had a little more emotion there, right? Verse 26. 
Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what had been said in the scriptures concerning himself. You know, you go through the Old Testament and now we have a perspective that we know that Jesus was the Messiah and that he was to die on the cross. We can go into the Old Testament and it makes all the sense in the world, but they didn't have that perspective. And whether it was the disciples or the religious leaders and the scholars, they looked at the Old Testament and there was passages about Christ, even Him dying on the cross. But they did not put two and two together that the Messiah would have to suffer for our sins on the cross. Isaiah 52, 53, and Chris is going to bring up some of that. But um, it's a great passage just in the Old Testament by Isaiah that's written hundreds of years before Christ would ever go to the cross. But verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain, like one whom we hide our faces. He was despised and we held Him in low esteem. We rejected Him. Very vivid of the crucifixion. Surely He took up our pain. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God. He stricken by Him and afflicted. Because why? He was dying on a Roman cross. They only put people on a Roman cross who had done bad things. It was the worst form of punishment. They reserved it for big transgressions. And yet that's how Christ was crucified. And so He received the humiliation and the punishment that came with it. That was not His. It was whose? It was ours. It was our sin that was placed upon him. Verse 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace with God was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We are all like sheep that have gone astray. Each has turned his own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity, the sin of us all. He went to the cross for us. That passage, the disciples knew that passage, but they didn't know that it would be fulfilled in Christ. He would be the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. Amen? You know, they had that, and and yet it didn't come alive for them. They needed Jesus to come alongside them and to help them understand the Scriptures. And I think a Nicodemus, his story is found in John chapter 3. He comes, he, he was an intelligent man, he was a religious leader, and yet he had questions for Jesus, and they talk about how being born again, how to invite Christ into your life. It's a great passage. But I often talk to people and say, man, I, I read the Bible. I read the Bible, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Join the club. Join the disciples, Right? But as you wrestle with it and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, it does come alive. And the point, the second point is that Jesus will make the Scriptures come alive for you. He'll make it come alive to you, just as He did to the disciples. And He had explained already all this to them, but it didn't make sense. It's kind of like you and I reading instructions. We read through the instructions and we go like, you know, guys, we don't even read it, right? Okay. Right? Until, right, until we get to the, oh, what do I do now? It's kind of like it's not working, right? So then I go back and read, oh, that's what I was supposed to do, right? Because now we have experience to attach that knowledge to. It was the same for them that as they were going through that, it's kind of like, oh, 
Now it makes sense. It just didn't make sense before because they could not see that the Messiah in any way would have to suffer. But now it made sense. Just as for you and I, we can maybe have read a passage of the Scripture and we know it even by heart. And all of a sudden, we go through a difficult time or an experience that's kind of like, all of a sudden the lights come on. It's kind of like, ah, man, that passage now means something to me it didn't mean to me before. And God helps the Scriptures come alive for us. They are more than just words on a page. They are God's living word to us. And we need the Holy Spirit's help to understand it. You know, there's people that know this book front to back way better than I do. They do not believe in God. They don't have a relationship with God. And you say, how can that be? It's true. They see it just as a literature book. But when we say, God, come and help me understand your word today. You know what? God can open it up to you and make it come alive. And it speaks to us today. You know, those two disciples, as they walked down the road, they finally had a sense of what, what the Scriptures meant, and they were left with hope and understanding. And God can do the same for you. Verses 28 through 35. Come back here. Amen. And as they approached the village of Emmaus to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. I just love this. I just, it's kind of like he's just playing with them. And then he urged them strongly. They urged him strong, hey, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And as they sat at the table with them, we kind of, we did uh, the Lord's Supper last week. He took bread and he broke it, right? And he gave thanks and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. He's gone. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when we walked, when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem and they found the eleven, the other disciples, saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus had recognized, they, how they had recognized Jesus by when he broke the bread. You know, as Jesus had spent time with them walking down the road, not only did he open up the scriptures to them, but something came to life when the, inside of them, right? Remember how they started off that journey, right? They were looking down, they were discouraged, they had lost hope, right? But they left that journey excited. There was a passion there, a hope that it had returned. Did our hearts not burn within us? as we walked on the road with him. There's fire, passion, excitement that wasn't there to Jesus walking down the road with them. The third thing I see there is that only Jesus can ignite your heart and your soul. Only Jesus can light that fire in your heart and give you the hope that the world can't offer. There's a lot of ways we can spend our time and our resources in this life, right? Right? And some add meaning and purpose to our life for a time and a season and a moment, right? So I live, you know, close to the college of there up on the hill. I have a great view when they go skydiving. All right? And I was sitting out in my yard yesterday and I heard the plane, I, but it doesn't. But what always catches my attention is when the parachute opens. Whew, and I hear it. I hear it. And it's kind of like a look up. And sure enough, there they are. They're coming down. There's two of them. And I just watch them. I can watch them come down until they get below the trees. And um, 
I always enjoy doing that. Now, if there's anything that would add a little bit of life and make you feel alive, it would be what? Skydiving. So anybody here been skydiving? How many have been skydiving here? Dave, yeah, you've been, you've done it many times. Yeah. Does it make you feel alive, Dave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's an excitement about jumping out of a plane, right? Um, it makes you feel alive. A little bit of an adrenaline rush there. But you know what? It wears off. It wears off. But when you walk with God, I'm not guaranteeing that every day is going to be peaches and roses, right? But He will walk down the road of life with you and He'll ignite a passion in your heart and your life for purpose, life. To pursue Him. The disciples... We know a little bit about their life just from the different, you know, what Paul's letters and Acts and the other remaining books of the New Testament. But they would live out the remaining days of their life with passion, perseverance, and purpose. Was it always easy? No. Most of them would die martyrs. But they did it willingly It's because they were putting their heart and soul into something that they believed. And they were walking with Christ along the way. You know, COVID and the other events that have happened have taken their toll on all of us, I would say. You say, oh, no, it hasn't affected me. You know what? I think it, it's affected a lot of us more than we realize, if we're honest. And re- research shows that it's about two, two and a half years after a crisis of this nature that it really begins to impact us. Because prior to that, we're just trying to keep our head above water. And after passes, then we're actually forced to deal with some of the things that are happening in our life, our marriage, our emotional health, all right? And maybe um, the disciples were dealing with that, but maybe uh, those close to you know it, but you've kept it to yourself. Um, and so maybe you're here today. Maybe you are downcast. Maybe you're depleted. Maybe you, you sense that hope. It's kind of like, wow, I'm sensing it. What you need to know is that Jesus is present here with us. This morning, and his promise is to walk with us down the road of life. And if you reach out to him in prayer, he will refresh your heart, your soul. He will ignite a fire in your life uh, that wasn't there before. When we were out the fire pit this morning for the morning service, um, you know, the coals were just so bright red, you know, they were just glowing hot, you know, and that's what. God wants our hearts to be like that, to live with purpose, with a passion. And I know there's too many days that that isn't the case. I wake up and I think, oh, where's the snooze button, right? And God wants us to keep that alive in our life. Amen. I'm going to have the musicians come forward. What changed in the seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Maus? A lot. The world hadn't changed, though. It was still chaotic. But now they knew that Jesus was alive, which made them come to life. There was a fire in their soul. There was hope in their heart. And when they began their walk, they were like dead men walking, right? The walking dead, right? Dead men walking. There was no hope. There was no fire. There was no life. But after they had encountered 
the risen Christ, there was a life, there was a passion, there was a hope. They were alive. So the packet of seeds. Hold them up if you got them. Hold them up. <clears throat> Either got daisies or you got black eyed Susans, all right? Seeds. Chris is going to put a picture up there of seeds, too, to help us out. These are my buttercup squash seeds. Yum. They're pretty. But they're not jumping around with life or anything, are they? You touch them, they're not going to do anything. They're just dead. In fact, these make a little bit of noise, but they're not doing much, are they? Just dead. In fact, you could take them out of the package, put them on the table, and they could sit there for years, and nothing's going to happen. Right? Until, until you put them in the ground, in the right environment, right? You put them in the ground, in the soil, where they die further until what happens? Girl. New life appears. So Chris is going to put up the next one there. These are my cucumber and squash plants. They're about two weeks old tomorrow. Isn't it kind of neat how those leaves come up and they have those two leaves and they're just like they're praising God, I think. I don't know. I think that was part of God's creation. But see, all that comes from a tiny seed. In fact, those plants will grow and they'll become pretty massive and produce a lot of fruit. And you may look at your life and you say, you know what? My life's like these dead seeds. But if you can place your life in God's hands in the right environment, He can bring new life. It's not from yourself, folks. It's from Him. It's called spiritual life. It's called being born again. It's inviting Christ into your heart and into your life and saying, God, I can't live for you. I've tried living for you and I've tried being a good person and it just doesn't work. It's saying, God, I give you my life. I Forgive me of my sin. I give you my heart, my soul. And he takes what is dead and makes it come alive. It's from him. You cannot, you cannot make these seeds grow. You can stare at them all you want on that table and they're not going to grow. It's when they're placed in the ground and God makes them grow, just like your heart and your soul. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to lead us in a prayer, what I call a prayer of salvation. And the question I have for each of us, is there a fire in your soul and is there a hope in your heart? And so I encourage you to pray the prayer even if you've prayed it many times. But especially, especially if you, you came to this place today and you don't have the hope of Christ in your life. And you don't have the promise that if you were to leave today and, and God calls you home, it's your time. Nobody knows the day or the hour. They can say, oh, I'm young. Great. Great. I'm in good health. Great. None of us knows the day or the hour. We all know that someday we're all going to die. And we're going to stand before God. And we want to know that our sins are forgiven and that we have the hope of heaven. And beyond that, Scripture is very clear that it's not just, hey, I want to know that I'm making it to heaven. It's that I'm walking with God. And God sent His Son to the cross for your salvation, but even more so because He loves you. And He wants to be in a relationship for you, with you. Let that sink in.
He loves you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to walk with you. And maybe you've walked away from him for a time and a season. He's calling you back. He's knocking at that door, saying, if you open up the door, I'll come in and have fellowship with you. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's just pray together, saying, dear God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all the bad things. Be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart and bring new life into me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you just keep your eyes closed for one more minute? Okay. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just make eye contact with me? I'm going to begin with my left. I'm going to make it. But if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just make eye contact with me? And just let me know. Okay. I see that. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm going to go to the center now. Okay. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Many of you. Praise God. Can we just give the Lord thanks this morning? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We just give you thanks, Lord God. So, if you prayed that prayer, would you would you find me? I can be a little bit hard to find, but a good way is that connect card that on the digital bulletin. Um, if you could just say, hey, I prayed the prayer this morning, and we just want to help you in that walk with God. It's a great moment today, but if we want to help you to walk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, down the road with God. Amen? And that God will be with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Father, this morning, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. But Lord, we also celebrate the resurrection that happens in a life and a soul, Lord God, when we make that commitment to you and you come into our life. There's new life there, Lord. And so, Lord God, Help us to live each day for you with a passion, with a fire, to live like a soul on fire for you, Lord God. We give you the thanks. We give you the praise. Bless our gatherings today with our family, with our friends. And let us give you the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.